Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, it is normal and natural for us to have moments when we are pissed off, hurt, betrayed, disappointed, all of those things, enraged even by our mothers. It is okay to have any of those feelings, but you have to be real and honest with yourself that that is what's happening. Like, oh, she didn't show up for my graduation. Not only am I hurt, but I am pissed. And until you acknowledge that, it will be difficult for you to heal from that because you're not allowing yourself the space to be with whatever the feelings are. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, We release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Terry here from Cultivating Her Space. Are you tired of working hard for your money? Do you want your business to run smoothly when you're out of office? If you want to learn how to automate your business cash flow and increase your impact and influence, join me for my free workshop at brandwithterry.com. Again, that's brandwithterry.com. My name is spelled T-E-R-R-I. Hope to see you there, lady. Our quote of the day. In troubled families, abuse and neglect are permitted. It's the talking about them that is forbidden. T, are you ready for this conversation today? Girl, I am as ready as I'm going to be. No, I am. I'm excited and I'm ready. I think it's a conversation that our listeners have asked about. You know, they've been wanting us to have a conversation about the mother-daughter relationship and the potential complexities. And so, yes, girl, let's dive on in. So. Speaking of our listeners and just women that we know in general, what are some of the themes that you or patterns that or commonalities that you have noticed in talking with other women 
about their relationship with their mom? Well, me personally, there are a lot of women that I've known that I've talked to who've had tumultuous relationships with their moms. Mm-hmm. And that shows up in a variety of ways and has impacted them in many different ways as well. But I also know so many women that have amazing relationships with their moms. Like I know so many women who are like best friends with their moms. And I think that is so amazing. And even my doula, the doula that my husband and I are working with for our the birth of our baby, it's a mother-daughter business. Like this mom and daughter oh, wow. have a doula business together. Yeah. And I believe the doula actually delivered her grandbabies, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm like, that is, I mean, how amazing is that, Dom, to be that close and in tune with your mom that she's able to be that person for you? I admire that so much and I think it's amazing. But I think that it really runs the gamut as far as what I've seen by way of how women connect with their moms. What about you? So I've seen all of that too, but then also what I've seen just working with different age groups, but most, most of my work has been with college age population. Mm-hmm. What I've seen is a lot of transition in the mother-daughter relationship journey, right? So I've seen instances where as young women are coming into themselves in terms of adulthood and independence and just being their autonomous selves, that kind of leads to or can lead to complications in the relationship with mom, right? Because now you're in a space where maybe who you're becoming doesn't align, doesn't agree with who mom is and how she's raised you. And so what I've seen is that that can put some distance between the mother-daughter relationship. And then as time goes on, that mother-daughter relationship finds its way back to what it was at previous times where mm-hmm. mom and daughter are close again, because maybe, maybe daughter has had her own kids. And so then there's this different understanding that comes, but then also maybe daughter hasn't had her own kids, but maybe mom and daughter have come to an understanding of mutual love and respect for one another that allows them to have a beautiful relationship and acknowledge the similarities and differences that are there. But I've seen just through the lifespan, how that can be a journey for folks. That's a really good point. And I think it can be common for a child parent relationship, because I think I've heard about guys who have that moment where they kind of like them and their dad, they kind of have a moment of like, he's coming into his manhood. His dad is trying to you know, it's like the ego and it's like yes. coming into yourself and you're trying to um, establish that independence. And I also have noticed that with women. So I'm glad you pointed that out, Dom. I know I've had a moment for me with my family in general, but specifically, I would say with my mom and my grandmother, where I've had to have conversations with them at different points in my life where it was like, it was like the I'm grown conversation, but yes. that's not my style. I like, did it in a, you know in a certain way, but it was like, I am paying my own bills. Like I'm out of the house. Like I'm taking care of business. There are boundaries I put in place and you can't, yeah. you can't dictate this part of my life. Right. Right. So, yeah. I totally understand that. Well, what I'll say is that lady, I today have the privilege of sitting on Dom's proverbial couch <laughs> to unpack <laughs> some of the trauma, the anger, 
and the beauty in the mother-daughter relationship that I have with my mom. And I know before we dive in and I give you context on our relationship so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from, I know that Dom has a disclaimer that she wants to share. (laughs) Yes, you know, I want to make clear that this episode is not in this conversation that we're about to have is not a replacement for therapy, right? That Terry has been doing her own work. Let's just make it clear to everybody listening. (laughs) Dom (laughs) is not Terry's therapist, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, this conversation is one that, lady, if you're listening and you're like, I'm having issues in my relationship with my mom, This conversation can be a model or an example for how you may want to bring things forward to your therapist or your overall support system to have this conversation. I love it. Thank you, Don, for always making sure that we are being honest and on point on the podcast and letting folks know about their, you know, the fact that this is not a replacement for therapy. I do want to say before preparing for this conversation or before having this conversation, there was a lot of preparation that I did on my end. Now, Dom and I behind the scenes, we've been talking about having this conversation for a while, but I was not in the mental space to hop up on the mic and have this conversation previously. There were times, I mean, as you can imagine, as you go through, you know, a relationship with your mom and you have a tumultuous relationship, which is, you know, my case, there are so many emotions that come up. And so the previous times when we talked about exploring this topic, I was like, I'm petty right now. I'm angry right now. Like I have all these emotions that I didn't think would serve me or the community. And so I just want to talk through what I did to prepare and then see what feedback you have, Dom, as I share those things. The first for me was meditation. And so getting really clear myself on the intention for the conversation, like what is the goal here, right? And we get so much feedback from other women that are like, can y'all talk about mother-daughter relationships? And I mean, when you think about our mothers, in most cases, that's the woman that we are, I guess, love first, right? Or that the person that we, in most cases, want to emulate because it's our example of womanhood, you know, for at least the beginning of our lives. And so for me, it was like, how can we have this productive conversation to, like you said, provide either strategies, tips, or tools to empower other women to either have these conversations with their therapist or just gain a fresh perspective in general, right? On how someone else is dealing with stuff behind the scenes. Cause we're about to get real today. Okay. Yes. The second is clearing my energy by writing letters and releasing anger and disappointment and disgust. Yes. Disgust. All the feelings. Yep. All mm-hmm. of the feelings. Okay. Yes. And any other emotions that came up. And I would also say, sitting with my anger and disappointment. I think a lot of times we live in a world where we're told to either deny our feelings, we're shamed for the feelings that we have, or we are in denial. And it's like, oh, I'm not angry. Oh, I don't have rage in my heart. No, I don't want to, you know, go cuss somebody out. You know what I mean? Like we we deny those feelings. And for me, it was so important for me to sit with that, sit with that shit and feel those emotions. And as I work through therapy, one thing I learned, Dom, is that it's okay to be angry. Yes. You have every right to be angry about what happened, what didn't happen, who didn't show up, this and that, whatever it is. You have the right to do that. However, it's how you do it is what we're yes. is what we're more concerned about, right? So if I'm angry, 
and then I go bust somebody windows out, then we should probably work on how the anger manifests and is displayed in my life. You know what I mean? Right. So, (laughs) and then I would say the last thing, Dom, is being intentional about my talking points and what I wanted to cover because I really wanted to create an episode that I won't regret in the future because I want to feel comfortable with my children listening to this episode one day, right? And I think the spoken word is so important and it cannot be taken back. You ever say something to someone and they're like, shit, shit. I done, I can't take that. I mean, you can apologize. That's cute, right? Like, okay, but you can't take your words back. And so I wanted to make sure that, you know what? If my mom hears this, I mean, this is my truth, right? Like if my children hear this one day, this is where their mom was. And this is, this is my truth, right? And so even with myself, like, even if we do rekindle our relationship in the future, I still want to be able to stand firm in what I share today and not be ashamed or guilty or, you know, feel those feelings. So those are some of the things that I did to just like prepare mentally to have this very, I would say, it's a loaded conversation. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate you sharing the things that you did to prepare, because I think that those things that you did to prepare can also be used if you were to step into a conversation with your mother, right? Or with anyone where the conversation may be difficult, that everything that you did to center yourself and to ensure to the best of your ability that you are stepping into it with pure intentions, I think that that is the best that we can ask from folks, right? I also recognize that a lot of times we don't do that. And I think that sometimes what can happen is we can have conversations in the heat of the moment or just on the fly. And we don't allow ourselves to center beforehand or maybe we're not given that opportunity, right? Because the other person just comes at us. And we may not be given that opportunity to center ourselves. But I think that what can help is to the best that we can, utilizing those tools that you just mentioned, utilizing those strategies of meditation, thinking about your intention, thinking about what is the long-term impact of my words. I'm glad that you said that, Don, because I didn't even think about it that way. You're right. The tools that I use to prepare for us to have this conversation are definitely the same tools that you can use to have the conversation with your mom, lady, or to just have a conversation with someone in general. Like that is such a good point. And it puts you in such a better space. Like even before we hopped on our call, um, I took a spiritual bath. I meditated again and I really got clear and made sure that I was in the space to have the conversation because if my energy wasn't right, I would have been like, um, today, not the day, girl. I'm going to have to wait until, you know, wait another day. So I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out. And um, I would love to share. I know you know some behind the scenes stuff, some stuff we're going to talk about on air. Some other stuff is just going to be left for off the air. But I do want to provide some context and like the history of my mother daughter relationship so that lady, as you listen, you can kind of understand where we're going and how we get to where we get. Because at the end of the episode, we're going to share and dive into some tips that you can use to be happy and whole when you are estranged from your mom. And I know that's something that probably isn't common for people to talk about wholeness and happiness when you are not connected to the person that gave life, you know, that gave life to you, that birthed Mm -hmm. you, but it is possible. And so 
Dom, this is a lot. So I hope it's not going to be too much of a verbal vomit. So just interrupt or like raise your hand since I can see you, girl. Let me know like, okay, when when should I pause? When do you have questions? But long story short, or to kind of start this off, I've been talking about my relationship with my mom publicly since about 2012. And that is when I first started my blog, Mocha Girls Pit Stop. And so for me to kind of set the scene for you, I was in grad school at the time. And the thing about it is, I did all the things that many of us here, Dom, I went to school, I got good grades, I got a good job, and I was in grad school. And I remember just feeling so empty, so alone. And even though I was a grown woman, like I had my car, I had my place, I had all this, I began to realize that there was so much unprocessed trauma that I had never really dove into. So yes, I wrote in my journal. Yes, I went to church and I prayed, but... I was trying to figure out why did I do all the things people told me to do? Why do I still have so much self-hate? Why do I still have so much negative self-talk within? Why don't I like myself? Why? What's up with my confidence? And when I began to ask myself these questions, because it's the first time really in my life that I was alone, like truly alone, no roommates, no boo thing. Like it was just me in this new city by myself. I had to face myself and look in the mirror and it was like, oh, a lot of the answers to my questions stem from my childhood. And when I peeled the layers back and I began to dig into, well, why don't you like yourself? Oh, well, you were verbally and physically abused when you were younger. Okay, that makes sense. Why do I, why am I the way that I am in relationships, right? Oh, you probably have some abandonment issues because your mom was in and out of jail since you were eight years old. So even as an adult, right? A lot of, I think a lot of times people expect us to, you know, not talk about our trauma or you ever hear this time when victims come out, they're like, well, why are you coming out now to say something? It's been all these years. People come out at different times. They really do because that for me, I think I was in my early twenties. I had never talked about a lot of that stuff ever publicly. But now that I had this blog where I was trying to heal myself and heal other women and just share and amplify our stories. This was the moment for me where it was like, it's time to share because I truly believe that you can't heal what you don't reveal. No, you don't have to shout your story from the rooftops and share it with everybody. But I truly believe that part of the reason I was put on this earth is to share my experiences, the ones I feel comfortable sharing to you know, help other people. And so I started talking about our relationship then. And at that time in life, my mom was locked up. And so even though I was talking about it, I guess I didn't really feel the pressure, anxiety about sharing it because she was away. Although at some point I did share those stories with her and I like mailed her the blog post. And at one point down, I even interviewed her from prison and had her on my podcast. And we talked about our mother-daughter relationship. It was a beautiful interview. We talked about, you know, some of her experiences and why, you know, her life had played out the way that it did and why she may have made some of the decisions she made. So that's sort of just the history. I do want to take a pause because I feel like there was a lot there and then we can definitely dive back in. That was a lot, right? And I think the thing about that is that can happen, right? That when you get into that space, when you are ready for that healing, things can happen that in a way that you aren't necessarily expecting, right? So all the things, all the thoughts, feelings start coming up, memories start resurfacing. And then it's like, okay, wait, I got to deal with this. And then, but life keeps going on, right? And so, like you said, you're trying to process this, but life is still happening and mom is in prison. And so I guess one of my questions is, how receptive 
was she when you initially sent her the blog post and invited her to engage in an interview? And if memory serves me correctly, I don't think she was thrilled about it initially. And I think it was a lot for her to process. I can only imagine her experience. Like you're, you're already away. Your daughter sends you these blog posts with our story, really, because it's, it is her story and, or p- part of her story and my story and my experience and my truth. So I can only imagine how she felt about it. I don't recall it being extremely supportive in the beginning. I do think she came around at one point and realized that one, like I was trying to explain to her, like, mom, this is, I am not sharing this with malicious intent. Like this is part of my healing. And I continue to let her know that and also to support her and let her know, you know, there were things that you did, right? Like I learned so much from my mom. My mom, there were certain areas of life where she was such a great role model. Right. And I've always been her number one fan. I mean, I definitely try to balance that, but I can only imagine what what that experience is like from a mom's perspective, you know? Yeah. And I hope that that's something I don't have to go through with my children where I make, you know, a lot of bad decisions and mistakes and part of their healing process is to share those things. I hope that I've learned enough so that I can avoid having to, you know, repeat the cycle that I've experienced. But when she did come around and we did the interview, it was an absolutely beautiful interview and beautiful experience. And from what I recall, we were good. Everything was okay. Like we were, she was supportive of that. I thought we had a decent relationship. And I always told her that I had this vision of her and I like traveling and talking about the mother-daughter relationship together, like empowering other mothers and daughters to overcome and talking about forgiveness. And at the end of the day, the intention has always been the same, which is to just give light and hope and some type of strategy to other people. However, I do realize that although our intentions can be well, right, it doesn't mean the impact will be. Like, I'm totally aware of that. And I've also realized that sometimes when it comes to sharing our story, everyone isn't going to be happy. Everyone's not going to be on board, you know? And there's really no right answer. It's like you kind of have to do, I think, what's best for you. And if part of your healing is you sharing your story and sharing your truth, then I think we need to do what we need to do to free ourselves, you know? And I will say, Dom, I also, as I was doing my work, I realized that I had a lot of a lot of toxic traits that I, you know, saw in my household. Like domestic okay. violence was very common in my household. Seeing the cops in my in our house was very common seeing violence, stabbing, like that, that stuff was common in my household. And so I realized that I, when I got into relationships, especially I was like, oh, I got some shit with me. Like I need to handle this. Yeah. And at that point it was like, it's not about blaming mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa or whoever may have you know done whatever in your life, lady. It's really about taking responsibility for where you are based on what you saw and getting help for that. Right. And so I had an experience down with my sister it's crazy. You ever had that experience where you're like, oh, I'm never, I'm not going to be like my mom or my yep. dad. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I think all of us had at some point in life, like when I get grown, I ain't going to do blah, blah, blah. Yes. And then we get grown and, and then, then we, we realize I look just like my, or I sound just like my mom. So I had a moment with one of my little sisters because I raised my siblings. They're like, they were like my children. And again, in the back of my head, I ain't never going to be like my mom. Da, da, da. I didn't realize how much of my mother I had in me. Right. Okay. You know how they say that people that see domestic violence in the household, they tend to also become abusers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, I never knew that I had that much like rage and all that stuff inside of me. But I remember an incident where my little sister did something she wasn't supposed to do. And I remember going off and I saw a side of myself where I was like, oh shit, like that is not okay. 
Yeah. And I had an interaction with her that, you know, I would deem as abusive and she would probably deem as, as abusive as well. And I apologized to her for that. And we talked about it, but I just think about if I wasn't able to like nip that in the bud, you know what I mean? Like I could literally then bring this generational curse into my life and continue it on with my children. And so it's not, this is not a conversation to villainize anyone, but just for us to realize that things happen in life and we have to figure out how are we going to address it and heal from it. That is a really valid and important point of acknowledging how what we see in our childhood ends up coming out of us. I'm a believer in we are a mix of nature and nurture, right? Mm -hmm. There is that interplay of our genetics, but then also the environment in which we grow up. And there are things that seep into us that we aren't aware of, like you just kind of illustrated. And so when I think about that, when you had that realization, at that time, what was your relationship like with your mom? Did that change how you viewed her? Mm, that's a really good point, Dom. I would say that, I, you know what, Dom? I can't say that I remember what my relationship was like then because there's always like so much going on between, like in that relationship. I can't remember where we were in that relationship, but I will say, For the majority, I mean, when I think about my childhood, even though in my experience, you know, my mom was abusive when I was younger, I have always had so much empathy and compassion for her. You know, like even though I had these experiences, I mean, my mom is a brilliant person with so much potential and I've always, and I've always shared that with her. And it's interesting because I don't know if this is something that abused children like deal with, but I think for a long time, instead of Don, maybe you can help me out here. Instead of projecting my anger or directing, there we go, directing my anger and rage toward her, it was very much internal. So it manifested as self-hate. So damn, like I may not, like I'm not good enough, you know? And so I think I don't really remember being very angry or upset with her when I was younger and experiencing this stuff. I mean, when I was in grad school and I was talking about all this stuff, I had forgiven her at that point. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm angry mom and I got to get this off my chest. It was just like, oh, I see why I'm showing up in life so timid and so fearful because it stems back from these moments where I had to be timid and fearful because of my environment. It was never really directed toward her. And so I think that for me in 2019, that's when things changed. And there was like a whole new layer of bullshit where I was like, well, goddamn. So that's the stuff that I think that I really had to heal and cope with as of late. But the stuff from my childhood, I'm like, I, okay, we've been there, done that. I forgave, like I'm moving on. But then it's like the new shit where I'm just like in adulthood, like, God damn, I will say this relationship has given me so many opportunities to learn about forgiveness. <laughs> For That's, real. Okay. You, you know, that, you know, what's the phrase that they use? It's a blessing and a curse, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it sucks that that is what happened. But the beautiful thing is the lesson that you learn from it, right? Mm-hmm. And Something that you said a moment ago that I wanted to go back to and just kind of acknowledge and point out that there can be a both and that you can be in a space where you are angry at someone 
where you are pissed, where you are hurt, where you just have all of these other feelings, negative, not positive, however you we want to label it, where we have all of these intense emotions, right? And we can still be their biggest supporter and champion, right? It mm-hmm. is possible for those two things to exist. That's hard sometimes for us to sit with, but it is possible for those two things to exist. I'm so glad you said that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I wanted to shift us into more recent times, mm-hmm. 2019. I know what was happening at that time because <laughs> you and I were in conversation about this mm-hmm. frequently, right? Yes. What would you like to share with our audience about what was happening at that time and how the relationship with your mom shifted? Yes. Well, what I'll say first is that 2019 was like my 2020s. I know 2020 was like a hell, it was like a shit show year for a lot of people. That was my 2020. 2020 actually wasn't that bad for me, but 2019, oh my gosh. So Dom, and that year for me, you know, I got pregnant and was so excited and found that I was having a miscarriage the day after Mother's Day, the day before my husband's birthday. Then about a month, a little over a month later, I lost my grandmother and my grandmother was like, my rock and my, I mean, she's been the matriarch of the family and, you know, a pseudo mom to me, yeah. always being there, always showing up. So losing her and she was like so excited for me to be pregnant. And so losing her. And then when I released my self-help book or decided to release that, that's when my mom and I, the friction in our relationship began. And Dom, I won't share too much about her actions and the behavior in 2019, because I would rather focus on my feelings yeah. because there's stuff that I shared before. That's all stuff that I, I talked about in the book, talked about it on the blog. I will basically just say that, you know, my grandmother passed away. Some foul shit went down, okay, mm-hmm. that I won't discuss. And, you know, when I announced that I was releasing this self-help book, which really repurposed a lot of the content from my blog, it was sort of like a compilation of those experiences from the blog with some new stuff. That's when all hell broke loose. And there were many ugly conversations. And that's the thing that one of the things that my mom had a big issue with. And so for me, I shared the book with her first to get her feedback. And so, you know, she said that we could talk about the issues that she had, but was never available when I showed up to like have the conversation. And so I did decided not to put my book on hold because of her thoughts, right? Because I did that so many times in the past in my life, you know, putting stuff on hold because she was away. And putting stuff on hold because she asked me to. And so at this point in my life, it's like, I was available for a conversation, but you didn't want to have it. So I have to move forward, you know? And so I'm I'm definitely not in the same state that I was previously where I could be easily manipulated, right? Or guilted into doing something. I mean, this is this book. Now, when I talk, you got the book down. When I talk to people about what you've been able to do for them as far as healing and just the inspiration that it's provided. Like it's so much bigger than my relationship with my mom. That was just one aspect, you know? And so for me, this was like, this was a vision that I truly believe God gave me and a message that needed to be shared. And so I couldn't put that on hold because of the way that people felt, especially when they weren't respecting the timeline that I had, you know? And so after that, that's when things really went crazy. And I basically wrote a four page letter and never got a response. And yeah, as we record this episode, Dom, as you know, I am pregnant 
with a baby girl, which is so interesting because I just thought it was going to be a boy. And now I'm like, oh, wow, I have the ability to now create this beautiful mother-daughter relationship that I really never had a chance to really have with my mom. Although we had good moments, when I look at the you know, holistic relationship, it hasn't been that, you know? So I want to go back to, though, the feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what were the thoughts and the feelings that came up when, you know, you're doing the thing that as therapists, we tell folks to do. You invited her to have a conversation. And she wasn't showing up. Mm -hmm. What were the thoughts and feelings that were coming up around that? I think the biggest thing for me, Dom, was really like extreme disappointment. Extreme disappointment because when I think about the ways, you know what? I'm going to be honest. Disappointment, but also entitlement. Like there was was literally a part of me, and I don't know if this is wrong or right, but I want to ask you about this, Dom. And before I forget, I want to also ask you about my role that I played in this Mm -hmm. because I keep thinking about this holistically. And I'm like, I'm not inclined to just put the blame on one person. Like I know that there's a role and there's a way that I show up too. So I've been thinking about what could I have done better in this situation? But I would say extreme disappointment. I would also say a sense of entitlement. Like, yo, I feel like you owe me. This is the least you could do. Like you Mm -hmm. weren't there for my, either of my collegiate graduations because you were locked up. You missed my wedding because you were locked up. Like I raised your kids. I'm like, this is the one time where I had this big project. Like it's my first book. You know, it's a self-help book to help people, you know, overcome adversity and make lemons out of lemonade. Like this is the one thing that really meant so much to me. And I'm like, that's it. It felt like it was a damn shame. Like I was so disappointed, Dom, so disappointed because I've always been so respectful and I've always been my mom's number one fan. So even behind the scenes when things were happening and other people may have felt a certain way, like I'm the one that's holding stuff down for her, you know, doing favors, sending money when she's locked up, going to go visit. So I think for me, it was like a very strong sense of betrayal. But I mean, when I say this, I I don't think I can say disappointment enough, Don. It was really disappointment. Yeah. And And hurt, pain, all that. (laughs) Right, right. And I think, you know, all of those feelings are valid. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that you would feel that way, right? I want to get to your question about the your role in it, right? Because I think that that's a beautiful question to ask. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it is when we feel wronged, when we feel hurt, it is easy for us to be stuck and cemented in how we are feeling, and not have a willingness to acknowledge what our role may have been, right? And I recognize that there are situations where there's nothing that we could have done differently. This person was going to show up how they chose to show up, right? As I'm listening to you, from what you've shared, I think that you showed up in the healthiest, purest way possible, you know? You showed her the book ahead of time, right? Which you didn't have to do. And then you solicited her reaction, which again, you didn't have to do. And then you invited her to a converse, have a conversation about it. Again, something you did not have to do. You could have said, 
hey, mom, read this book, read my book, just, you know, or hell, you could have even said nothing Mm -hmm. and waited until the book came out. right? Right. But you went to her and said, as a courtesy here, you know, I want to let you know this is something that's being put out. What are your thoughts? What's your feedback? To me, that is what we would call kind of taking the high road, right? Mm. To me, it felt like there were pure intentions there that, you know, you're giving her an opportunity to speak her piece, to offer her feedback. Now, soliciting her feedback doesn't mean that you were going to change anything Mm -hmm. in the book. It meant what it meant was you just wanted her feedback. And like you said, you wanted her to show up for you. And so then I could imagine the disappointment, the hurt, all the feelings that come up when she doesn't show up, right? Because it's like, well, wait, hold on. I've done the work to do my healing. I've done the work to engage in equipping myself with being more compassionate and you still could not show up for me. And so, you know, I could imagine that that's how hurting that must feel. But I'm also aware that that's not about you. Mm -hmm. Right. That that is her own stuff that she has to work through. And I think sometimes that that is the hard part for daughters is that when we go to our moms and say, hey, I need you to show up for me in this way. And they are unable to. Then there's a lot of hurt that comes with that. Right. But I think the thing, the important thing for us to remember is that. When your mom doesn't show up for you, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about what may be going on for them. That was beautifully stated, Dom. And I will say that sometimes in my mind, when someone behaves in a certain way, it is just so bizarre to me that I'm like, I had to do something wrong here. Like, what did, and I know some people are listening might be like, well, you could have, you know, changed your story or shared, you know, maybe not written about your relationship with your mom and your book and stuff like that. And that's their opinion, which is totally fine. But I will say, I love that you share that because it's a reminder that you could do all the things right. You could take the high road. You could show up in these ways. And that doesn't mean that someone else is going to change their behavior. Like You could be squeaky clean, do everything right. And they can still decide to show up in a different way because again, it's not about you. It's about them. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I guess we should just jump into the tips on how to be whole and happy while being estranged from your mom, because Dom, you know me behind the scenes. And although, I mean, I didn't talk to my mom. We haven't talked all 2020. I am eight months pregnant at the time of this recording. We have no communication about this whole pregnancy. And Dom, you know, I have been living my best life. Like I have been, this is not just an episode of like, oh, I'm happy and I'm not really happy. No, like life has been pretty amazing outside of like pregnancy symptoms and stuff like that. Like it's been good. So lady, we're just going to jump into these tips. And the first is something that we covered. I think we covered this in the beginning of the conversation, but tip number one is be real about your feelings. Like, come on. (laughs) 
you can't, like you said, like I love that phrase of you can't heal what you don't reveal. And so to me, it's you cannot move forward if you don't acknowledge all the real feelings that are there. And I think the thing with that is letting go of the guilt and the shame Mm -hmm. that it is normal and natural for us to have moments when we are pissed off, hurt, betrayed, disappointed, all of those things, enraged even by our mothers. It is okay to have any of those feelings. But you have to be real and honest with yourself that that is what's happening. Like, oh, she didn't show up for my graduation. Not only am I hurt, but I am pissed. And until you acknowledge that, it will be difficult for you to heal from that because you're not allowing yourself the space to be with whatever the feelings are. Yes. And Don, the only thing I'd add to that is, you know, I like closure. Some people, they, they need closure. Some people don't. But if we're not going to talk or if we're going to be, I want to, I want to get some closure. So let's, let's have a conversation. We'll agree not to talk. But when, when I'm ignored and like you reach out, you, I, you know, you write this letter and then there's crickets, you have to figure out how to get the closure on your own end. Right. And I think that's, again, part of being real. And for me, that consisted of journaling writing lots of letters where I was sort of role playing. Like, this is what I would say to my mom in person because, you know, she's not available to have the conversation and letting that go Yeah, because I got the closure that I need. And Dom, this is a a powerful statement, but I, I am so honest when I say this, you know, I think about death a lot and you know that like we've talked about death on the podcast. And so when I wrote this letter, as I began to get real with my feelings and do this clearing work, I thought about, you know, there's a possibility that me or my mom could leave this earth and we would not have had a chance to talk. And that is so sad to me. That is so yeah. pathetic that like you, we can't, we're it's two human beings alive on this earth and we cannot have a conversation, but it's not something that I'm in control of. And so I had to be at peace with having said everything that I wanted to say, releasing that. And I hope it doesn't happen. I hope she's able to get the healing she needs before she leaves this earth. But I'm at peace where I've said all that I can say, you know, and so I I was real with myself to the point where I know how I feel. I released it and then I had to move on. I think that's beautiful. And so our next tip, establish boundaries. Child, if that ain't, (laughs) listen, that is a tip that is applicable to any relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Just for yourself in general, just knowing what your boundaries are and respecting the other person's boundaries, even if their boundaries are not aligned with ours and not in Mm -hmm. service of ours, right? So, I mean, we don't, you're not speaking to your mom, so we haven't, we don't know this, but maybe her boundary was, I'm not going to talk about things that hurt me. Right. Let's let's just say hypothetically. Right. Yeah. That that is her boundary, that I do not talk about things that hurt me. As unhealthy as I might view that, I have to also recognize that for whatever reason in this part of her journey, this is the boundary that she is setting for herself. And so. I'm going to respect it. 
mm-hmm. don't have to like it, but I'm going to respect it. Right. Because we want that in return. But we have to yeah. know what our boundaries are first. Exactly. That is the key. And I will say in this situation, the boundaries, I put them in the letter, but I also blocked on certain social media platforms so that there is no engagement there. And then I changed her number of my phone to something positive so that I'm not triggered if I see like mom or something come up. So that has, it's been like something peaceful and like beautiful as far as the name there so that she can still call, you know, if she wants, but I'm not triggered when I see that. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's this thing. And then the last thing I'll say is, you know, if she ever does come around and wants to have a relationship, a prerequisite would be mediation or counseling with some type, because I'm not interested in going back into that cycle that we've, you know, lived through for years. So that is my boundary around this. That's a beautiful, beautiful boundary to have. Because I, as, as you share that, I think, Wow, how powerful, if she does come back around, how powerful and healing and transformative that could be for you all to have mediation and counseling. Mm -hmm. And that takes us on to number three, which is ritualistic clearing. And so when someone comes and tells me like something that she did or something that she said or done about, you know, regarding me or them, whatever it might be. I've realized that there's the potential to be re-triggered by some of these things. I think oftentimes people talk about forgiveness and it's sort of like a one conversation thing or like a one sentence thing like, oh, you got to forgive. Okay, now live life. But you can be re-triggered. Like you can have that energetic connection reunited. And so for me, there's this is a constant process, right? So I'm constantly forgiving. When, when I get triggered and things come up and I feel those emotions, I go through the steps I share with you, lady. I go through them again. And I clear myself, I get my, you know, my space together and know that it's okay to feel those feelings again. It's not like a set it and forget it where it's like, okay, I've forgiven. Now I can move on with life and it's never going to happen again. No, you might be re-triggered, right? Yes. I think that that is an important point that it isn't going to be a one and done thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, and even in the best case scenario of having mediation or counseling, doesn't mean that it won't come up again, right? Because there are, what I've noticed is that there can be different life events or little small things that will activate us and will remind us of something from childhood and bring us back to that place. And so I think it is important to have a ritual in place of how you are going to Clear your mind, clear your space, clear your energy so that you don't hold on to it again. Yes. And so that takes us to tip number four. Grieving the vision you had for the relationship. Now, I know that that can be a hard one, right? To really let yourself think about and process, work through what you thought the relationship was going to be and the loss that comes with acknowledging that it's not going to be that, right? And that requires being really kind and compassionate with yourself and, and nurturing that inner child because 
We're socialized to have a certain image of what a mother-daughter relationship is supposed to be. And when you see that happening around you and you couple that with the vision that you had and recognizing that that's not going to happen, that can be incredibly difficult to sit with. You are right about that, Dom. And I will say sometimes the vision that we have that includes someone else that is not ready to live up to that vision can keep us in toxic situations or relationships because you're like, well, I have this vision. So I'm just going to keep showing up and keep, you know, sometimes like being manipulated or just like letting this person have their way or not setting boundaries because I just want to keep the vision. I found that was so hard for me to let that go because I often thought about how beautiful would it be to have the relation, like the the story that we have individually and collectively, and to be able to talk to mothers and daughters around the world about how we were able to reconcile and and heal, and that right. would be so life changing for people. Right. That is the vision that I just held on so tight, and then I was like, you know what, I gotta let that go because that's gonna cause me to keep on going back into this cycle that you know she's not available to show up for. So yes, grieving the vision, girl, it's a lot of work. But you can do it, it and it's sometimes it's so necessary. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I think I think you are absolutely right that it is it is necessary for your own healing. It yes. is because even and I say this n- knowing that even if it's not a relationship where you are estranged from your mom, that there are still things like parents have visions for us of like what they their dreams of how they want us to be, and we're kind of like. And that's cute, mom, but nah, that's not what I want to do. And that's not who I am. And mom has to let go of that. Right. And so that's the same thing that we have to do is recognize that I had one vision of the relationship and this is not exactly how things are going. And that's okay. Amen to that, Dom. And that takes us to number five, which is filling your life with mother energy that your mom is unable to provide. And so when I think about, you know, at this point down, when this episode's released, I might've already had my baby. Yes. <gasps> That's so crazy. Okay. So I've been thinking about me and my daughter and the relationship that I want to build with her. And I think about, you know, that excites me. And that's a way for me to kind of like just share some mother energy. And I've learned so many lessons over my life. So I can give those back. I think about communing with my grandmother, even though she's in the spirit world now, being able to just, you know, think about our memories, watch videos. I think about also getting clear on the type of motherly and feminine energy that I want in my life and creating a village of women around me that have that energy. And and when you know what you want, it's easier to manifest it. So I think that's really key. So whether it's a relationship with other women or, you know, you being the mother to another young woman, I think about my doula. She's an older black woman. And there's like a motherly sort of connection there. And even my mother-in-law, I mean, she's awesome as well. And so I think that you getting clear on what type of energy you want in your life and then going out and manifesting it can be really helpful. Yes. I, you know, in another episode where we talk about building community, I speak about this, about just the different mother figures that I've had along the way in my life, in addition to my own mom and grandmother. And so I think that, yes, that is so important is, If that need is not getting met by the person who gave you life, then it is okay to get that need met from people who are willing and able and capable 
of being that for you. Our final tip. This is an important one. Not that they all aren't important, but this is important. (laughs) Remember that hurt people hurt people. Your mom is human. And, you know, one of the things that I work with college age students on is helping them understand their mom's perspective. They don't have to agree with it. But oftentimes I think that it's important when we can understand the other person's perspective. It helps us kind of understand the situation a bit better. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to lessen the hurt. But it helps us understand the situation better. Yes, I would agree with that, Dom. And I would say that, you know, my mom has taught me so much in this life, the positive experiences and the not so positive. And I really would not take anything away from my experience because, it, you know, it's so cliche, but it really did make me who I am, you know? And I just think about, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for motherhood and all the things I'm going to do with my babies. And I'm, I plan to have more than one child, but we'll see what happens. But this first baby, I plan to do so much. And so I will say that, you know, even if your mom has caused you the most pain, you know, the deepest betrayal and heartbreak, like in my situation, that, that's my truth. That's my experience. And it, it is sad, but I also have so much compassion for her because when you think about the way that someone shows up and behaves in life, right? It's really a, a reflection of their internal world. Like you said earlier, it's nothing to do with me. And so for someone to be in that place, I really feel for them deeply, you know, and pray for them and Lady, I hope that you can also extend your mom that same grace and prayer to get her stuff together, you know? And Dom, I do want to share something else with you, but I know that, Lady, this has become a long show. So we're going to hop over into Patreon and do our weekly after show like usual. So if you want to join us, you can head on over to herspacepodcast.com, click on Patreon in that top tab, and come and join us for the after show. Hey, Lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit cultivatingherspace.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am aligned with my inevitable outcome. We'll see you next week, lady.